Coming up on HIGMT, more Gigafactory Texas news, Sandy Monroe's thoughts on Tesla's build quality, and his Model Y teaser report. Welcome to How I Got My Tesla, the podcast of indeterminate length for Saturday, August 15th, 2020, episode three in Ottawa, Ontario. I'm Matt Wilson. Let's start off with a few Tesla things you should know. Great news for Canadian listeners to the podcast. Tesla launches Model 3 and Model Y leases here in Canada. MobileSyrup.com has an article indicating just how much a Model 3 and a Model Y will end up costing. This is really good news for people who want to enter into the Tesla ecosystem without actually having to purchase a Tesla outright. So according to their website, a Model 3 with $0 down would cost around $593 Canadian. And a Model Y with 0 down would cost around $842, again, Canadian per month, plus applicable taxes. It should be noted that is there is a $5,000 incentive from the federal government for a four-year lease on a Model 3, but only the standard range or standard range plus variant. Currently, there are no incentives available from the federal government for a Model Y. People interested in leasing their Tesla Model 3 or Model Y should also check their provinces for individual incentive programs that may apply. For those interested in Gigafactory constructions outside of North America, Inside EVs has an article indicating that the manufacturing buildings are almost complete in Gigafactory Shanghai. This is part of a $2 billion investment by Tesla in China to create a manufacturing center for Model 3s and Model Ys. And actually, Model 3s have already been in production since December 2019. So if you think about it, by the time they broke ground in January, in less than one calendar year, they're already producing vehicles. To be able to do that in less than one calendar year is absolutely incredible and probably is unprecedented anywhere else in the world. The article also includes a link to a YouTube video that shows drone footage of the construction site. And what's really interesting is is that there is construction going on everywhere. And when you include the fact that they are also producing Model 3s at the same time that construction is happening basically all over the place, is is really incredible. So uh, hats off for Tesla and to the uh, employees over there who are able to work in that kind of condition and still produce a product that everybody is looking to purchase. It is expected that by the end of construction, Gigafactory Shanghai will be producing about 3,000 cars per week. Not only are they going to be producing 3,000 cars per week for Model 3s and Model Ys, but they're actually going to be producing the battery packs that are going to be needed for these uh, vehicles at this Gigafactory. Teslarati.com has provided an update on the construction over at Gigafactory Berlin. Construction is moving at a quick pace, although a little bit slower than when compared to Gigafactory China. There is a steel exoskeleton of the buildings just starting to take shape, and construction crews are using prefabricated methods to decrease the amount of time needed to put the structures together. First production runs of Tesla's Model Ys are expected in July 2021. Elon Musk did mention that the architecture of the Model Y will be slightly different so that the Model Y could be a little bit more manufacturable. And the article also includes a YouTube link for plenty of drone footage for the construction site. So check it out whenever you get a chance. It's really interesting to see the progression of all these Gigafactories 
uh, while they're under construction. It seems like there are people flying drones over these things almost at a daily basis. And it's really interesting to see the progression of the construction site basically from nothing to a fully functional uh, factory pumping out Tesla vehicles. It's really cool. I, I really get a kick out of seeing just how complex uh, these factories are. So steering away from all this Gigafactory talk, I know it's a terrible pun, I apologize. Uh, TeslaRadio.com has an article pointing to a YouTube channel, Throttle House, where they hosted a four-way drag race between Tesla's top-tier vehicle offerings. They put a Model S, a Model 3, a Model X, and a Model Y in a drag race, and they did this race over two rounds. The first round was from a zero, and the second round was from a rolling start. And they did the rolling start so that it would defeat many of Tesla's launch acceleration advantages. So I'm not going to give away the who won. Uh, so I'll give you a link to the article here and you guys can go check it out yourselves. It, um, they didn't give any times or speeds in the YouTube channel. I'm not exactly sure why, but there was definitely an overall winner. Uh, there's also a behind the scenes video listed there as well. So after you get a chance of checking out the drag race, check out the um, behind the scenes video. It's very interesting. And keep an eye out for the uh, for the license plates. Um, I was kind of surprised to see, again, I'm new to this uh, to the Tesla community, but these are all Ontario plates. So I thought that maybe this was done somewhere in the States. And I was like, whoa, hey. No, those are all uh, all Ontario plates. So that was uh, kind of a cool little Easter egg for me to find. Very cool. So what about Tesla insurance? Is that still a thing? Cleantechnica.com has an article indicating how the insurance is currently being offered by Tesla in California. Currently, Tesla is looking to expand to other states and other countries, offering anywhere between 20 to 30% lower rates than typical insurance providers. So why can Tesla offer a better rate? Well, according to Tesla, they have a better understanding of their vehicles, including safety features and expected repair costs. Also, they are lowering the commission typically taken by insurance companies. Could this possibly be a disruption opportunity? Could very well be. I, for one, am very excited about this particular product. Uh, whenever I do get my Tesla, I would love to have it insured by Tesla directly rather than through the typical insurance companies. Uh, here in town. Um, for me, insurance companies, they're almost like this faceless organization that just takes your money month after month and you never hear from them unless you have a problem. And chances are, whenever you have a problem, in order to get your vehicle repaired, it usually takes an, an abnormally long time. So hopefully by Tesla uh, offering this insurance product, both in the States and hopefully in Canada, it'll help speed up the expected repairs in the event that you end up in a collision of some sort. Fire Chief Jeff Rowe in Kennebuck, Maine has a new command unit, and it's not a Chevy Tahoe. Instead, it's a Tesla Model 3 dual motor variant. Teslarati.com has the article, and it shows that even though the Tesla Model 3 was $2,000 more expensive than the Chevy Tahoe, which turned out to be around $41,000, including main $7,500 tax incentive. Um, this is going to be offset by the use of electricity over gas. In the article, the fire chief estimated that the Tahoe was using about $1,500 per year in gas versus the expected $360 in electricity usage uh, annually. 
The Tesla Model 3 is going to be used for inspections, meetings, fire calls, and out-of-town events. Although the Tesla Model 3 has a smaller interior space, uh, Jeff is currently working on uh, some sort of a slide-out office from the trunk of the Model 3. I'm kind of surprised that maybe they didn't try to go for a Model Y. But this is really great news for municipalities who want to green up their fleet rather than constantly purchasing uh, internal combustion vehicles. It's nice to see that municipalities are open to possibly taking a look at uh, any electric vehicle as a replacement to their internal, internal combustion counterparts. This does make me wonder exactly how the tender was processed. I'm pretty sure that municipalities can't sole source um, a certain type of vehicle. They almost have to structure their tender to basically weed out all other um, uh, other available vehicles except for the Tesla. And I'm wondering if they did that by basically stating the range and if they're able to say, okay, it has to meet a certain requirement in terms of mileage. Most of the vehicles that are available, uh, all electric vehicles, they're nowhere close to what Tesla is able to uh, provide. So I'm wondering if that's how they, uh, they structured the tender. It's very interesting. And one last update for Gigafactory Texas. I do have a correction from episode two where I had indicated that uh, Tesla purchased the 2100 acres for $5 million. Turns out uh, I was way off. Uh, Teslarati.com gives the uh, a pretty close approximation to how much they paid, which was about $97 million. So when you take a look at the acreage, they're paying about $46,000 US per acre over at Gigafactory Texas. And when you compare that to Gigafactory Berlin, they purchased 740 acres at an average of $65,000 per acre and even more expensive in Shanghai where they bought less land. They only bought 214 acres, but it cost them a whopping $652,000 per acre, which is just insane. But you know, that's the uh, price of land, uh, I guess, in China. If anybody wanted to, uh, you know, quiz you and be like, "Well, how much does land cost in China?" I'd be like, "Yeah, it costs two hundred six hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars an acre," and you can just completely stun them. Uh, I've also included a link to the uh, Tesla presentation to Travis County. Uh, it's about forty-one pages long, in, and uh, it's pretty quite extensive. Um, the final build-out for uh, the Gigafactory in Texas is going to be, be anywhere between four to five million uh, square feet in size. And if you want to know how big four to five million square feet in size is, it's about 40 to 50 Home Depots uh, put together all at once. Home Depots usually run around 100,000 square feet. Uh, in the article, there is lots of information about community benefits and employee benefits. I also spent a little bit of time virtually at the city of Austin uh, City Hall to see if there's any new site plan applications. I didn't really see anything uh, regarding this parcel of land other than the zoning amendments that I uh, spoke of in episode two. Jeff Roberts has his daily drone footage. That's still going on. I'm not exactly sure how much longer he's going to be able to do this, but he seems to be doing it on a daily basis. The site basically looks a little bit more uniform. Uh, they're continuing site prep. They're continuing uh, dewatering uh, the site. They're removing all the organics and working on soil consolidation. There have been probably about a half dozen uh, site trailers that have been set up as well as some pile drivers have been delivered on site. 
So I'm not exactly sure how much progression is going to be happening on a week-to-week basis, but I'm going to check in uh, usually every Friday just to get an idea of what's happened over the last week, and I'll let everybody know. Or likewise, you can uh, go on to Jeff Roberts' uh, YouTube page, and I'll send the uh, I'll include his uh, YouTube channel here in the show notes in case you're kind of curious on a day-to-day basis of what's going on. But uh, needless to say, the site is uh, progressing quite rapidly. Fans of Tesla probably know who this gentleman is. His name is Sandy Monroe, and he's been made famous within the Tesla community for tearing down vehicles. He previously tore down a Model 3, and most recently he tore down a Model Y fresh from the factory. He tore it right down to the carpet and right down to the bolt, uh, to the nuts and bolts. It was really uh, impressive. Uh, so Inside EVs has a discussion with Sandy Monroe where he t- discusses about Tesla build qualities coming out of uh, Tesla's Fremont factory. As part of this article, E4 Electric has a video where Sandy discusses the differences between European car buyers and North American car buyers, where in Europe, uh, vehicle purchases are based, in Sandy's opinion, on the quality of product and the pursuit of perfection. In North America, Tesla purchasers are buying for the technology and the idea to move away from internal combustion vehicles. So it's a pretty fascinating uh, short video where Sandy discusses this a little bit further. Sandy also discusses the paint and gapping issues at Tesla's Fremont factory and how these newer gigafactories will be set up to produce tighter products. Sandy Monroe also released a Model Y teaser report. And for those of you who do not know who Sandy Monroe is, uh, Sandy is basically an advisor to manufacturers on how to better design their products and find um, competitive efficiencies compared to their competition. He provides specific teardowns and cost analysis for all components uh, contained within a product from uh, the most complex electronics to your basic nuts and bolts used to assemble a product. So basically, uh, Sandy reviews everything. Uh, He recently uh, let everybody know that if you were looking for a BMW i3 report that was a couple years old but still cost him $2.1 million to produce, uh, he's actually selling that on his website for only $10, probably because of the dated information contained within. It's about 23,000 pages worth of content. Uh, He recently tore down a Tesla Model Y, and I'll provide a link in the show notes for his 42 video playlist uh, showing uh, all aspects of the Model Y while it was being torn down. He also uh, recently um, advertised that he's going to release a teaser report for the Model Y, and uh, typically this teaser report would cost anywhere between 89000 to 140000 but Sandy is offering this somewhat redacted uh, version for only $5. It's about 140 pages in length, and it is very uh, is extremely comprehensive summary for the Model Y. Again, it's great for those individuals in industrial design and production, patent law, or even the competitors for the Model Y. So that should pretty much do it for episode three of how I got my Tesla. Uh, Hashtag for this podcast, let's try hashtag GigaCast, uh, mainly because I could not stop fawning over the uh, information regarding all the different 
uh, gigafactories that are currently under construction all over the world. And as usual, the hashtag for this podcast is hashtag H-I-G-M-T. And if you have any feedback for me, my email address is howigotmytesla at gmail.com. As always, you can watch my progress towards a Tesla by visiting howigotmytesla.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram by simply searching for How I Got My Tesla. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Matt Wilson and hosted by Squarespace. Music for this episode is Cascade by Cubby. 